Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, joined today by Mr. Michael Grothy. Hi, everyone. Round of applause, guys. Excellent. Now, we are back here in studio to talk to you guys about Magic the Gathering, about Modern, about Pioneer, the big format that they announced, yep. um, which is a non-rotating format that goes all the way back to Return to Ravnica. It does not include any of the crazy master sets that they've printed with modern cards in them. It's only standard expansions, and there are only five cards banned to start this format out, and that is the five Cons of Tarkir Fetchlands. Otherwise, it's an open format. You can play Treasure Cruise in this format. Yep. And dig through time and death right shaman, yeah. Ooh. So uh, yeah, okay. So in in the chat here, Kiwi Doc says, "Wow, Seth and Vince have competition now." It's kind of oh, a joke. The title. beard, <laughs> the, the beard. No, no, it's oh, oh. it's the beard thing. They yeah. like the two of them are like having a beard a, war. A beard war. Okay. Yeah, I I think it's more that their I'm fans are in on the gotcha. <laughs> beard war more than them themselves. But they like to, to joke about it. Facial hair. I've never been able to grow it. So apparently in the last that's, month I went through puberty. That's now a good Brillo pad you got going on. You could scrub dishes. Yeah, with, uh... exactly. There you go. Um, so, you know, that's uh, that's what we're doing. But uh, we are here to talk to you guys about all of the magic things. And uh, as I mentioned before, the start and restart intro. Yep. Um, I missed the last month because I've been on my back on the couch. Um, I couldn't sit before I had a back surgery. So I haven't played a game of magic, unfortunately, in a while. It's been tough. I'm really you played with Eldraine at all? No, I didn't even get no a, I couldn't physically get to the pre-release because I couldn't sit down. Wow, so that's rough. I got a pre-release pack somebody like got for me and just gave me. I opened up the Scions uh, Planeswalker. Oh, that's cool. Card's that's sweet. Potentially modern playable. Card's really good. I mean, it's uh, it's not as good obviously as like uh, what's his name? Uh, Dako Faden. Not as good as Dak, but still is good. Yeah. Or Oko. Oko has destroyed like competitive magic since I got hurt. Like yeah, it's interesting. That. He's seeing play in literally every single format. Yeah. We like we're talking about that card, and we're like, "Oh yeah, that card's pretty cool. It's interesting." It's, I don't think it's that good. And then I got hurt, and now I come back. Yeah, and it's right. like fifty dollars. Yeah, my that. the episode that Ruben and I recorded, we basically just like talked about a bunch of different decks where it was playable. I mean, we talked about other stuff too, just like cool stuff in modern, and a lot of the cool stuff in modern uh, is Oko. Uh, I mean, and obviously other yeah. formats as well. So yeah, uh, that's kind of what that's what Pioneer is. So that's that's going to be the focus of today's conversation is about the Pioneer format, uh, what we expect from it, and kind of what's going to happen as we move forward. A couple quick shout outs if you guys are watching this live. Uh, looks like that list of uh, watchers is creeping up here. Uh, be sure to hit that like button if we can get the likes and the watchers evened out. It actually really helps the episode do well and people find it. So just hit that thumbs up button. It's really really helpful if you do. Um, let's make sure to uh, also hit the, the bell if you want to be notified when we go live. Yeah, because we go live. Uh, Sometimes unexpectedly. So, yes. you know, if you hit the bell, you'll get the notification. You can come watch us uh, yes. if we decide to do an impromptu stream. And uh, we will probably be saving a Q&A section sort of for the end of the episode. Super Chat is live. So if you want to get us our, t- our attention 100%, make sure that we do see your comment. Uh, use that. Otherwise, we'll just try to be as vigilant with the comments as we can and, and answer as many questions as we can throughout the episode. I'll yeah, I mean, I think... What? I'll keep an eye on it. Yes. I think for now, we are gonna end up just kind of there's a lot to unpack with pioneer and we're probably gonna just kind of lay some groundwork for what pioneer is if people haven't heard what our basic thoughts on it and then we'll we'll get into questions yeah and uh at a certain point i think just take uh, i'm gonna let you just uh, ramble for a quick second as i share a link or two to make sure yeah let's do it uh so other shout outs uh you should follow us on twitter 
Uh, we're at the MM cast. Uh, ben is at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Dudar, D U D A R D D. Has your Twitter been growing since you've started hosting the cast more often? Uh, a little bit. Do you interact more? No. You were like a lurker for a long time. I'm still a lurker. I don't, sweet, sweet. I don't know. There's something about social media. I like social media as like a content feed. Yeah. Where I can like see. I get a lot of good stuff from there. I follow a lot of magic pros, magic content creators, uh, you know, friends that I met through magic and, you know, I follow other stuff, video game news and sure. You know, I can basically, you can follow whatever you want and get whatever kind of content you want injected directly into your Twitter timeline. And, um, I like all of that as far as posting on social media in general, I'm not, uh, it's just not, your not, thing. not a big poster, but you know, I've had people, uh, after listening to the cast, like tweet at me questions. I'll always answer people's questions. If people want to interact with me, Alex tags me and stuff sometimes. And I'll kind of like have a conversation with somebody on one of Alex's posts. Um, he does post a lot. Yeah. I'm just like unsolicited opinions thrown out there on the internet. Not really my strong suit, but solicited opinions. I've got them, uh, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, continuing on Twitter, uh, Alex is at Kess Wiley. Yes, he uh, is. If you want to follow our absentee host, see what he's up to. He's been posting a lot of food pictures from yes. his travels. Country. That's <laughs> he's exciting. been sacrificing a lot, gaining a lot of life. Yeah. <laughs> the shout outs are, uh, are out there. Looks like we got up to 50 people watching right now. So again, guys, hit that like button. If you're just tuning in, we're going to be talking about Pioneer right now. One more time, we're going to give a little, a little summary of what it is. And I think we just jump into it. So Yeah, let's do it. Pioneer is a new non-rotating format that was announced yesterday. It is not intended to replace Modern. They were very clear about that. It goes back to Return to Ravnica, which is, I think, 2011 or 12 is one. Yeah, I think it's 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a format that has five cards banned total. It's the five fetch lands originally printed in Onslaught, but they were reprinted in Cons. There are no fetch lands whatsoever in Pioneer. However, there are shock lands. Um, there are Shocklands, and that's basically it. You know, you cut off a lot of the weird stuff that happens in, like, Time Spiral Block, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, sort of the strange stuff that's in, like, the original, say, Ravnica set or any kind of odd cards that you would have to ban, like Kamigawa cards, and you end up with magic that all feels pretty cohesive and pretty current. Now, there are standard decks that are going to make it um, that were really powerful in the last, you know, five years that will just continue yep. to be powerful, but uh, I guess the real question about Pioneer, and I'll just start by posing this to you. Specifically, why do you think it exists? Why do they do it? So this was something, these uh, these two stats. It is not available on Arena. It's to be played in paper and on Magic the Gathering Online. That's important to note. Not yeah. on Arena. Yeah, it's not the Arena Eternal format, which is yes. still historic. And still, Wizards has no intent to support it. And we'll let you play it once a week if you want. Yes. And <laughs> or once a named. month if you want. Is that the monthly one? And Brawl's the weekly one? I don't know. But it's, it's his, regardless, it's, historic is a joke. But Really? Is it just totally bombed? So, well, it's just it's Wizards is not trying to support it. If but, they dis, they could decide to support it as it stands right now. Historic is just kind of a way for them to get a like have an excuse to not compensate you for rotating. Right. Cards. Yeah, the economy was <laughs> terrible. I mean, we had a whole conversation about that. I just like in the last month again, I've had like a bag over yeah, my yeah, head. Yeah, so yeah. I just, like, I no worries. Really to- we'll fill you in. So, um, part something that was in the article announcing the uh, the pioneer format, they mentioned that when modern was created. Uh, it was magic was 18 years old. So there's there was like 18 years of magic and they were like, that is so much magic. We need to kind of introduce a non-rotating format that kind of breaks it up a little bit and makes it easier for people who weren't playing in the beginning um, 
to get into this format so and not have years. their cards rotate. Right. So also mentioned in the article, and this wasn't a point that was brought up in the article, but after reading these two paragraphs back to back, Modern now has 16 years worth of sets in it. So Modern is almost as big now as Legacy was at the time of Modern's inception. Right. So they felt that they needed to break up 18 years worth of magic. Well, now it's 16 years. So they decided again, it's probably getting about time to break it up. Um, especially with like modern kind of always having some degenerate deck rise to the top. And not to say that I don't think modern is in a good place right now because I do. Um, but, you know, kind of breaking it up a little bit allows them to not have to, you know, they can kind of ignore some of their mistakes in the same way that modern is allowed to ignore some of the mistakes of legacy with like fetch land or uh, dual lands, brainstorm, force of will, um, ancient tomb, um, you know, a lot of the magic's big mistakes uh, from the past get to be ignored in modern. Well, now uh, pioneer. I, I always want to say frontier. Frontier. Yeah, I, know. I always want to say this frontier. This is the overextended versus modern conversation. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> pioneer gets to ignore some of the mistakes of modern, which is like scars of mirrored in block, um, original mirrored in block. You get to ignore a lot of the like bust artifact shenanigans. No storm. Um, a lot of the stuff that like no lily or snaps yeah burr, burr, burr. no yeah that's no really innistrad big. no lightning bolt no path no to exile spells burr, burr, burr. yeah no no cascade there's there's like a lot of stuff that you know either was kind of a mistake or was just like really pushed the envelope of power level to the point where like you know you can't play white decks without path to exile and like you can't really play red decks without lightning bolt most of the time unless you're playing chalice of the void or something and like it, it kind of like constricts deck building a little bit and this is kind of a new frontier and, and i will also say that one of the mistakes of modern probably is fetchlands and shocklands um and so they made sure even though fetchlands and shocklands are both within this time frame to not have that be a thing yeah, so I think that's really interesting. I mean, we've obviously had, you know, we've had Wizards people on the show before. Gavin's been on here several times. We've had a lot of conversations with Andrew Brown over the years, both on the show and off, about kind of modern and why it's awesome, but also some of the limitations that come with it, the power level being so high and some of the things that make it the format that it is. One of the suggestions over the years has been to ban Fetchlands. That's a thing you've heard it time and time again when you yeah. talk about modern. And it's just not, it wasn't ever going to be realistic considering how much money people invested in those cards over the last several years, how many times they've reprinted, they've been reprinted as chase cards. Yeah. And it's like one of the reasons that they don't brand, ban Brainstorm and Legacy. Like if you look at the stats in Legacy, uh, a little bit less so recently, I think, but, but throughout Legacy's history, there's just like a, you know, 75% of the decks are playing blue or something because, right. because Brainstorm is such a powerful card selection tool with Fetchlands. Um, but Wizards is always like, well, you know, I we get that it stifles diversity a little bit, but we feel that it's like one of the pillars of the format and like it kind of brainstorm is one of the things that defines legacy. And I would say, especially um, with them banning them in Pioneer, they feel that fetches and shocks is one of the things that defines modern. 100%. I mean, I, it feels like if you were going to if you were going to write up like sort of the architecture of the format. When people ask you, what do you do if you want to get into modern? There's a short list of things you suggest. One thing I'll always tell people is get the lands. Like, yep. you have to start with the lands because that's going to determine. the lands are pretty much always the Feshans and Shocklands. And they're the most expensive cards in modern for the most part. On, on the whole, they're the cards that always, 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 if they go down, manage to somehow find a way to go back up. Yeah. So that's like one thing that this format is obviously specifically designed to target is they wanted to change that one aspect 
specifically. You also mentioned some of the really powerful artifact strategies and some of the stranger interactions with the card sets that were printed prior to New World Order, which I think is 2010. Uh, yeah, I mean, New World Order is more about complexity at common. So, like, for example, Lorwyn Block was the catalyst for New World Order, where, like, right. all of the creatures had some sort of tribal synergy. They're all, they all have, like, tap-activated abilities, or Sil- you pay Silver a mana. Gil- Silvergill Dowser, the fairies of yeah, Marfolk, at common. tapper at common. Like, yeah, and then, you know, tons of, like, activated abilities and board states being super complicated, even within draft with just comes and uncommons. New World Order doesn't affect modern as much, because we have access to rares and mythics that are significantly, you know, more powerful and more complicated than Silver Guild Dowser. But Silver Guild Dowser is kind of the poster child for New World, the old world order, I guess, uh, in that it's like such a complicated common that creates complex board states. Um, But I don't think that that really affects modern as much. I will say that there's kind of other design philosophies that are, you know, uh reflected in pioneer that like you know not necessarily in earlier modern sets yeah to me it really feels like with the introduction of m10 probably m11 around that time period which obviously is the that's the modern uh that that is the um not frontier pioneer card pool uh that does to me start start to feel like that's like they're the the sets are designed like more tightly they're like sort of less all over the place if future site is the best example of a set that's just like how is this a standard set um, a lot of those like core sets as they started to go forward from 11, 12, 13, they're really well designed with like the multicolor uncommons that so clearly represent what they're supposed to in terms of like a color combination, the types of commons and uncommons, just like an understanding of what's more fun, you know, less powerful blue spells, more powerful creatures, stuff that new players, even at rare can understand why it's good, but you don't have to think as hard about why a card is good. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the creatures and this is more of a modern thing than a pioneer thing, but like that is one of the big design philosophies that's been, you know, creeping throughout magic's history is that if you look at legacy, like a lot of the spells that get played are like pre-modern spells, like yep. brainstorm, force of will, swords, of plowshares, um, I guess thought sees is modern, but yeah, I mean, you have band, <laughs> band modern cabal therapy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then in, uh, in the creatures that get played in legacy are pretty much all modern creatures because creatures are just terrible pre-modern. There's like yeah. some busted graveyard stuff like Icarid that like, but for the most part, you're seeing like Delver of Secrets, Tarmogoyf, right. you know, young pyromancer, monastery mentor, um, Dark Confidant, Knight of the Reliquary, like all these creatures that are staples of legacy are also legal and modern. And it's interesting because like a lot of those more powerful ones are kind of early modern. So it's like a little bit like they dialed back the power level. Like if you look at a lot of the staple creatures in modern, um, you know, barring the Eldrazi, I guess, but uh, like Tarmogoyf is not in this format. Right. Um, Noble Hierarch, Birds of Paradise, both not in this format. Yeah, so Snapcaster Mage, not in this format. So let me ask you a question from a card availability standpoint. Um, this is something I started thinking about when they announced it, right? If you have a database on your phone, an app, like we like to use Decked. It's an app that's really helpful. Very soon, I'm sure there'll be an update with Pioneer and it'll separate it out. If it doesn't, yeah, yeah. They said on Twitter they're working on it, so it should be probably this week. So that's great. But if you don't have that and you have to start to think offhand about a, just a basically arbitrary separation. I mean, they, you can define it however you want to, but like in terms of when I think about the card face change, right? Like that's the simplicity of modern. Think about a year. I think about stuff specifically that since the inception of modern has never been legal. It was really easy for me to understand. This is pretty hard for me to wrap my head around, to be honest. I looked in the chat just a second ago and somebody was like, is Merfolk a deck? And I was like, 
Well, probably Merfolk's a deck. It is, yeah. And then I was thinking, wait, when was Master of the Pearl tried and printed? I go with a core set. Maybe that was a pre... That's true. The core sets are really hard for me to keep track of as well. I keep thinking of core set cards, and I'm not always sure if they're in. So the Titans are out, and Lightning Bolt is out, Doomblade is out. Rancor's probably out, or was that... Rancor, I believe, is out. 12, I think. Rancor yeah, 2014 is the first. Oh, so yeah, it's the first yeah. core. Is the first core that uh, is in Frontier. Yeah, yeah, 2014. But like, or Pioneer was Rancor in 2014 or 2013? I don't remember. It's I don't know. It's definitely not 14. It's 13 or earlier. Yeah, I think so. It's just it's a little bit hard to keep track of. I agree with you there, especially with core sets. So that's the part of it when I was trying to wrap my brain around like conceptually. All right, I want to come up with some sweet brews today. I want to start thinking about these and posting them. And then like, I kept seeing people post cool stuff and just being like. I'm just my brain's not going to work that fast right so now. So Scryfall, Scryfall is a deck builder app. If they don't have an app, you have to use their the website, website. But yeah. but they have Pioneer already supported. Yeah, I just literally just clicked on it. So uh, there are six thousand four hundred and ten cards currently legal in Pioneer. So there was a bug earlier today in, on Scryfall that like some of the supplemental sets got included on accident when they uh, did their little filter. So like Battle Bond was on there and something else. Okay. So you might have to watch out a little bit. But if something is obviously like has a cyst or something or partner and you're like, sure, mm, I don't know about that. Like if it's not legal in modern, it's not legal in Pioneer for the so, <laughs> at this point. A couple quick shout outs. We're up to just about 120 people watching live right now. If you guys that are watching live can do me a quick favor. You can just hit that thumbs up button. This video, having a like from you while you're watching it, believe it or not, will help video do well and live on and new viewers find it. It's a, one of the best things you could possibly do for us to so just hit the thumbs up button, to get those evened out. And obviously, like and subscribe, but just hit the thumbs up button for us. I've got a chat here, Gamebox. Is that Ben Bateman without a suit? It is. Sometimes it happens. Uh, specifically, when you're recovering from back surgery, putting a lot of clothes on sucks. Yeah. <laughs> really hurts. So, you know, things with laces that I have to bend down for. Yeah, I got boots I can slip on. Didn't really want to do a suit jacket. I've also uh, been on a couch eating for 40 days. Haven't moved. So definitely gained a little weight. You know, suits don't feel as good <laughs> when you've gained weight. So there's the truth. Um, anyway, back to the episode. So, so one notable thing. So 2014, the returning mechanic was slivers. So Okay, so between, there are a few slivers. There are a few in, slivers. They're all the weird-looking predator ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, some of those are playable, but I don't know that that's enough to make slivers a deck with just that set. It wasn't even really a standard deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I do think there's some there's some really interesting stuff that happens if you restrict a card pool the way they've done this. Because I think on a conceptual level, if you're like a newer Magic player, maybe you're newer to Modern, and you're trying to figure out why this happened... I do think that for there's been a growing sentiment for a long time based on the reserve list and the existence of the reserve list. That as legacy gets more and more expensive and people get priced out of it and we'll put vintage and old school into another block of expenses. Sure. But like these really old formats that play very, very expensive cards that are on the list that you can't reprint. The difference between modern and legacy, aside from those cards in the reserve list, gets smaller and smaller every time they decide to reprint one card, some expensive card that's not on the reserve list. So sure. Yeah, it just happens more and more and more, right? The difference gets smaller and smaller, and especially when you get into stuff like Horizons, when stuff like you know Force of Negation is getting printed, it's obviously not as good as Force of Will, but it starts to get closer and closer and tighter. Yeah, that's and tighter. true. So what eventually is going to happen is people are going to look at Modern, they're going to look at Legacy, and they're going to look at Vintage, and they're going to realize that Legacy almost doesn't have much of a draw anymore. It's just not going to really have a reason to exist for the most part, like. Aside, because there's very few cards other than the original Dual Lands that cannot be reprinted that are pillars of the format. Like, I think there's less than 20, less than 15, maybe. Sure. You know, Candelabra, Eureka, a handful of cards like that that are on the reserve list. But like, sure. I mean, there's other stuff in Legacy that they're like extremely unlikely to print into modern because they've kind of 
decided what the set's identity is or what the format's identity is going to be versus each other in the same way that they banned the fetch lands from pioneer because that is a big piece of the identity of modern that they want to separate from pioneer in the same way i don't think that they're ever going to print force of will or wasteland or brainstorm or ancient tomb or a lot of these pillars of legacy they're not going to print them into modern because that would homogenize modern and legacy to the point where like why does legacy exist well so, but i think that's the question they're asking and that's i think a little bit of the reason this is happening is because now they're realizing we've supported modern openly we've printed sets that have modern in the set title now sure. enough times and over enough years that we want players legacy format to just be modern that's what they want modern to be they want modern to eventually become the format they've been supporting since 2011 that is legacy they don't have to worry about talking about these reserve list cards anymore they don't have to defend the decision or talk about it they can just sweep i don't think that people are ever just going to abandon legacy for modern i mean like certainly if you're going to start playing an eternal format you're going to pick modern over legacy in the same way that a lot of people are now going to pick pioneer over modern because their cards do a little bit more not having to compete with as much older stuff but i don't think that legacy is going to go away it like for one thing it's the format where you can play those cards i listed as well as like some reserve list cards that are powerful but it's also like the format where you can play all of the cards and i think there's appeal to that as well yeah i think my point is less that it's a good thing that they're doing it and more that it's uh i can see the the uh ideology that would go with this which is that if there's a small sliver of the world that still wants to play legacy have fun enjoy playing legacy but it's not something that we can really worry about the distinction between modern and legacy anymore when talking about the future. Because if the future is arena and modern probably is never going to be on arena, you're already dealing with so much, so many years of cards, so much complexity, such a massive card pool that like if legacy, I think gets caught in the crossfire, but, and this is just my guess, by the way, this is not based on any conversation I've had. Uh, I think the ideology would be that like if legacy becomes smaller and smaller, but modern gets bigger and bigger, the difference is so small. Let's introduce Pioneer so people don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get into the format and give, again, like you said, eight years later, a non-rotating format. I think it's like you just sort of see like the further and further down the line we get, the longer that magic has existed, the more you have to give people an opportunity to understand what they're getting into. And it's overwhelming. People talk about like deck building and it's it's overwhelming. There's going to be 20,000 sure. new cards pretty soon. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, and I... You say that Arena is the future, but I think that this this format being introduced and them not kind of like waiting for Historic to be interesting because like in two years, Historic will probably be interesting. There'll be a couple of standard rotations. You can now be like, oh, I can go back and play those like crazy Dominaria cards that like I played with a few years ago. I like now there's combos starting to pop up in Historic and it's like actually meaningfully different from standard. They could have done that, but instead they decided to break it off at Return to Ravnica and create a new format just for paper. I mean, obviously you can play it on Magic Online, but I I mean, at this point with Arena existing, Magic Online is never going to be a big focus for them. It's going to be something that is going to exist, but this format isn't for Magic Online. This is a format for paper. They're, they're creating some paper Magic Fest for it uh, in the first quarter. There's a, there's a uh, paper uh players tour and a paper players tour finals there's gonna be paper ptqs for it Uh, there's gonna be magic online ptqs as well but this is a format that shows like arena is not the only feature that magic has and that paper is valuable in fact here's a new way to play with your paper cards yeah and it's an interesting format i mean i think i think think we can all agree about that it's 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 i'm excited about it like i there's a lot of cards that i've wanted to be able to play with that i thought are very cool print in the last eight years that get quickly outclassed because standard has to be standard. Yeah. And so you see when the power level of modern has gotten to where it is, 
But then again, you also see stuff like how is is it Phoenix not just going to be just a dominant dominant deck in Pioneer? How well, it's going to be. Is it, it? Well, it doesn't have Faith is Looting. That's true. Or Mana Morphos. Yeah, Land we're we're going to get like we're going to get into this, but like you know, a lot of the reasons that is it Phoenix is not particularly playable. Well, not that it's not playable. I think it's good. But one of the reasons that it's not going to be as dominant is the same reason it's not as dominant in modern is, is that you are kind of lacking powerful one drop spells, particularly those that put Phoenix in your graveyard. So the deck is much slower. You got to play a lot of two drops. You can play ops. You can play haggles. Was and what other one drops do you have? Was 20- you can play Tome Scour. So that's the thing is when you can play four treasure crews in your deck or Thought Scour, I mean, I guess. You cannot play Thought Scour. It's from Dark Ascension. Dark Ascension. But you can play Tome Scour. And I've actually seen discussion of Tome Scour and Phoenix builds. Five, yeah. yeah, Dredge is starting to play it in Modern, actually. And, um, and like, due to the banning of Faithless Looting. And, like, it might be playable in Phoenix because you get to play Treasure Cruise. So, like, you don't necessarily care about incurring card disadvantage with Tome Scour because it makes your Treasure Cruise basically just cost one. Okay. put six cards in your graveyard. So, before we, before we jump into... I think it's, that's a nice segue for us to talk about the, the non-ban list versus what's So, that's another interesting thing about this format. Yeah. So, they started the format out. And, and now I can see there's 130 of you guys watching. Um, thank you so much. This is awesome. Uh, it's cool. It's cool a few years later to have the YouTube channel up and running where when we go live randomly... There's like lots of people that want to hear this. It's really exciting. And guys, if you're in the chat, I know we haven't been reading off too much, but we're going to start soon. So throw in your questions. Uh, you know, let us know what you want to hear. We've been live for how long, Marshall? A few minutes. A few minutes. Okay, solid. Been live uh, for a bit. 30 minutes. Okay, live for 30. So we'll probably talk for like another 15. Doesn't say right there on your screen? Uh, yes, 26 minutes ago. Great. So we'll probably talk. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Uh, we're going to talk for 15 more minutes, 20 more minutes, and then we'll do probably 15 minutes or so of Q&A. Um, so one of the things they introduced was that the only five cards banned are the Cons of Tarkir Onslaught Fetchlands. And I don't think that's for power level. I mean, obviously it has power level implications on the set. Like we said, Treasure Cruise and other Delve cards are legal. It makes those worse. Deathrite Shaman is legal. It makes Deathrite Shaman a lot worse. And there's other strategies that like are really leaning on Fetchlands for their mana base or whatever. So it is a power level thing, but I think it's more about the identity of the format Deathrite Shaman's legal I just realized Deathrite Shaman's legal yeah. yeah so it's more about the it's identity of worse. the format yeah like I mean, they wanted yeah. this format to be the format where you don't play Fetchlands and in part that's for tournament concerns but also I think it separates this format from modern a lot because it changes the way you have to build your decks um, but other than that yeah they left a lot of like very obviously busted stuff on the legal Sahili Felidar combo is legal, which yeah. got banned from standard. Emrakul the Promised End is legal, along with Aetherworks Aether Marvel, Marvel, which got yeah. banned Smuggler's from standard. Copter. Smuggler's Copter, Reflector Mage, Rampaging Ferocidon. Ramanop Ruins, anyone? Ramanop Ruins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cards yeah, that... Yeah, well, ha- yeah. There, Hazard didn't get banned from standard, though. But there's a lot Sarah of cards... God, was he banned? Did that no. happen? No? It's powerful? No, it was just like a pillar of the format until it rotated finally, yeah. and everybody suffered through it. Um, <laughs> and hey, Teferi and Oko will be legal, and they're crushing all the formats. <laughs> yeah, so. Field of the Dead is legal with Golos and Scapeshift and everything else. And Karn um, the Great Creator, although thankfully, neither the uh, Metal Coating or, yeah. or Microsynth Lattice. Or yeah, so that's, so that's a good thing. But yeah, I mean, a lot of these cards that are like obviously so powerful to have gotten banned from Standard, or cards that are banned in Modern and Legacy, like Dig Through Time, Treasure Cruise, Deathrite Shaman... Um, a lot of these cards are just like obviously very powerful and have gotten banned in their reflect, reflect respective standard formats. Right. Um, and they decided not to ban any of them. 
so what they did when they created modern was there was an older format called extended, which was like just like you know, eight year standard or something. It was just like a really long standard that rotated. They looked at what extended was like immediately before they introduced modern and for a few years before basically extended starting with eighth edition forward. Um, And they kind of were like, what were dominant decks and extended? We're going to ban those cards because we don't want this to just be extended too. We want modern to have its own identity. And so they ban things like sword of the meek artifact lands, Golgari grave troll, yeah, they just like kind of started out the ban list with cards that they knew. Bitter Dark Blossom? Depths, wasn't that banner? Bitter Blossom because of fairies and extended. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Depths, but a lot of the cards like Bitter Blossom and Stoneforge Mystic and Ancestral Vision, Ancestral or... Vision. Yeah, some of those cards. And admittedly, like had they been in the format at the beginning when the power level was a little bit lower, maybe they would have been a bigger deal. But it just seemed like they might have overbanned a little bit, especially on cards like Bitter Blossom and Ancestral Vision, where it's like. They, they barely made a splash, you know? Absolutely. Um, so this time, what they're doing is they're doing all their playtesting to see what needs to be banned on Magic Online because they know that Magic Online is going to put in so many more reps than they ever could within their office, and they're going to be able to look at the Magic Online data and make some informed decisions about bans. And multiple Watsi staff have come out and said... That's what we're doing. We're going to be banning very aggressively. We're not going to be banning on regular ban cycles. We're going to be watching the format very closely, what data is popping up, and we're going to just start banning stuff. But they let us have a clean slate to start out. And I think even though it like is a little bit scary to invest in these cards right now, the format's not nearly as expensive as modern because every set that's in it has a very high print run. I think Return to Ravnica. So working at a shop, I started noticing Return to Ravnica was the first set where like boxes stayed cheap i remember speculators at the time yes a ton of conversations at the time about the last 10 years of sealed product was all skyrocketed so why not just invest and i think they did they started to yes and the print runs got insane and sets like return of ravnica and cons got so overprinted those boxes still haven't moved yeah you can get those boxes for about 100 bucks and but like look at an innistrad box look at a uh, you know, uh, scars of Mirrodin box. Time spiral. Oh my. Goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just going back one year at a time. But yeah, if you if you look at like a new Phyrexia box or a scars of Mirrodin box, like it's yeah, those are those are like a year, two years before this format's inception, and they're like insanely expensive. But if you look at a Return to Ravnica box, a Theros box, a Konzatarkir box, like those are dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Battle for Zendikar box. Their, a lot of these have all, modern all staples. Their rares are uh, are sub a dollar, sub fifty cents, except for like yeah, exactly. I mean, this format cards, is much yeah. cheaper. Like stuff is spiking right now because stores don't have a lot of stock. People are just letting these cards sit in their binder. Like, you know, there are people sitting on ten Jeskai Ascendancies because it's worth nothing. Well, if Jeskai Ascendancy Emery ends up being a big deck, or at Jeskai Ascendancy Sylvian Carriated, it's going to go up. But then people are going to offload them out of their binder because there's so many of these sets out there. Right. But I think the format is a lot cheaper. So, but I do think it's a little bit scary to invest because of these bans are looming. But it also means that like nothing that doesn't deserve to get banned is going to get banned. We're going to get to see the whole format with all its Aetherworks Marvels, with all its Sahili Felidars, with all of its, you know, Treasure Cruise Arclight Phoenix decks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of its Wilderness Reclamation, Dig Through Time nexus of fate decks we're gonna get to see all of it and then some of it is gonna make it and some of it's not yeah so i mean i think one of the questions here uh, i I see a few people i see uh, bobby mayo asks this question uh i thought i saw another one here asking the exact same thing what are like the five cards we expect to get banned first i mean i think you just named two of them right off the bat i imagine treasure cruise and dig through time would be close to the top of the list for me i think treasure cruise is pretty easy uh it's really good in proactive decks it doesn't require a heavy commitment to blue dig through time is more of like a reactive card and combo if you're trying to find specific pieces so i think it depends on if decks are abusing it if you if 
you guys will remember when they got printed, they both got banned in modern pretty quickly, easy. But Dig Through Time stuck around in Legacy for about a year. Yeah. Um, because they knew that, like, there's more reactive decks using it that aren't obviously just, like, powering through cards and lightning bolting your face until you die. Um, also, like, they're obviously not as powerful. Neither of them are as powerful in this format, obviously, because of no fetch lands and a big lack of, like, one drop, like, good one drop instant sorceries yeah. in general. We have no lightning bolt. We have no um, path to exile. No um, Inquisition. You do have no serum visions. Yeah. You have Thoughtseize. No Inquisition. Yep. Um, which means you're stalking your graveyard much slower unless you're trying really hard using stuff like Tome Scour, Cathartic right. Reunion, which right. the Phoenix decks will be using. So I think decks that can like reliably fill their graveyard to their own benefit and then can Treasure Cruise, I think those decks are going to be the ones to watch out for. But like... Is Phoenix really as interested in dig through time? I feel like no. It's... That feels with with how hard you have to work to get the cards in your graveyard in the first place, and it's also only letting you two cards additionally instead of the three cards, yeah. and it's two mana well, at like its cheapest. Dig through time is definitely a watch list card. Don't get me wrong, because yeah. it's extremely powerful. It did end up getting banned from Legacy, and it is banned in Modern. But with no fetch lands, like I think Treasure Cruise is obviously more powerful, um, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I think anybody who's ever played with a like a standard or a, a um, limited set can attest to like the difference between evolving wilds and a fetch land is very stark. Well, fabled passage is the go-to fetch land now, right? Fabled. Oh, that's the that's, that's the, an Eldrain that's card. That's the current one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just a reminder to everybody: if I sound like a moron, it's because I uh, went down forty days ago. I've been on my back uh, on tons of painkillers, haven't been able to sit or play magic, and had back surgery. So uh, I do own some uh, some uh, Throne of Eldrain cards. I did get to watch the set review, and I do know what the cards are, but. Uh, just like generally speaking, my brain's been mushed. So just yeah, back. yeah, no worries. Fabled Happy Passage, back. and I do see card decks playing Fabled Passage both to enable delve uh, and also um, in in Pioneer. I've been looking at a lot of deck lists. Tons of people are like posting their ideas, and it's kind of giving me a feel for what the format is probably going to look like when it you know people yeah. are actually playing it. Um, and yeah, people are playing Fabled Passage to um, to enable delve, but also to um, to enable revolt on your fatal push. Yeah, right. Because right. that's something that people take take for granted in modern. Is they're like, oh, fable push is base. Fatal push is basically just pass the exile, but they don't get a land. Well, that's because all the creatures are cheap. Because there's so many powerful cheap creatures in modern, right? Which there are fewer in pioneer, mm -hmm. and people might be end up playing scarab god or whatever. Yep. Um, and also you can kill basically anything with it because you can always hold back a fetch to fetch and enable revolt in your fatal push. And you're no. not doing that in Pioneer and fatal push gets a lot worse. You can't get rid of Felidar Guardian with it, which I think is going to be very important. Yeah. So you're looking at fatal push behind you. I'm looking one past fatal push and I'm looking at that claim fame right there on the wall. It looks real sweet, real sweet. I always wanted to make that card good in a competitive format. And I actually think this is maybe the format to do it. Perhaps so. I mean, so you got a brew already or are you just uh, spitballing? Spitballing. And it's, it's kind of in line actually with some of the ideas that I have that card in the past. I just think it has a little bit more rope. We don't just have on Earth in the form right now. <laughs> I would really like to see you brew some claim fame lists and post them in the Patreon Discord channel. I'm sure you would like. Yeah, I, I would like would. that too. I should be in there. I, I, I With will. Dreadhorde Arcanist. If if yeah. claim fame Dreadhorde Arcanist is going to happen, it's much more likely to happen in Pioneer yeah. than Modern. And that is a one mana spell. It stalks your graveyard. It cares about there being cards in your graveyard. So. And when you famed the Dreadhorde Arcanist, he can cast your. Uh, oh, trust me. I I, uh, I know. I know. Skewer the Critics and stuff. I know this whole move. I've thought a lot about this. Move. I have many lists that include that interaction. Um, so Marshall wants to say something here. No, I was just saying that uh, I because I we were having that earlier discussion about 
I, oh man, I can't really remember like what's in M13 versus M14 and that sort of thing. So I real quickly looked through all the core sets to try and see what sort of things. And it's, it is very stark how watered down a lot of those core sets felt. Um, Magic Origins. Lightning Bolt preordained yeah. corsets. Yeah. So, like, the most notable things that I came across were Young Pyro is legal yep. in Pioneer. Jace, uh, Flip Jace. J- Flip Jace is. Elvish Mystic and Land of War Elves are both legal. Yeah, yep. that's strong. Um, Glade Cover Scout is legal, but the other Bogles aren't. Birds of Paradise must be legal, right? No. Really? Yeah, last no time it was printed was an OG Rev. They didn't reprint it in any of the core sets, like Pot. No. Nope. So if you're like a multicolor deck looking for a one mana Gilded accelerant Goose. fixer, it's Gilded Goose. So That's sweet. So speaking of cards that are going to be banned, I think Treasure Cruise definitely. Dig yep. through time probably. I think um, Sahili uh, Rai Felidar Guardian combo is a big one. Um, that being like the infinite combo that does see play in modern, where you are using Sahili, and yep. those decks are often playing Gilded Goose because you're playing three or four colors. Um, since Sahili and Felidar are three colors worth of cards by themselves, and then a lot of the time they are looking for green to help them find their combo with Once Upon a Time yeah, or Oath of Nyssa or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't, you mentioned it already, but uh, the, the Hexproof 03. Two-man Sylvan guy. Karyatid, Sylvan yeah. Sylvan Karyatid, that'd be the other one. Yeah, so... Uh, and also, also, like, the Sahili decks I've seen are also often playing Oko because you can get rid of, like, a Pithing Needle or you can sure. get rid of something that's stopping you from comboing with an Oko and he's just a good card that synergizes with Goose. Um, so uh, I think one of those cards, Sahili or Felidar, is going to get banned. I think it would be more interesting if Sahili got banned since Felidar is kind of a more broadly interesting card in, like... ETB trigger creature decks. Right. Uh, and like even blinking your Teferi for a little extra bounce is a little spicy, your three minute Teferi. But um, yeah, so I, I hope that it's Sahili that gets the axe this time, but I think one of those cards is probably going to have to I go. I'd so much it, rather see Cat get banned. It seems, like, uh, it seems like just too fast of a combo for this format, especially with one mana accelerance. So a um, couple couple quick points that I want to throw in here. There, we've got a few people in the chat here. I see Can Your Dome. That's uh, that's Jeff Roberts, longtime listener to the show, one of the yeah. big supporters here. Good chances Marvel is too difficult to interact with to stay. Um, Corset 2010 was the last printing of birds, if I recall correctly, says Mark Mason. Federico Trezzi, bird last print was 10th edition, not Ravnica. I think you actually mean M10. Um, so first off, before I get to the next point here, guys, we're now up to 165 of you watching, but we have 64 likes. If every single person watching right now would hit the thumbs up button, we would have 164 thumbs ups. It's wow. a great Called way out. for you Called to... Call out the audience. It's a great way for you to help the show and the channel for free. It costs nothing. It's literally the most helpful thing you can do to see this video get seen. I would appreciate it so much if you all would do it. But what I wanted to get to, actually, was you, we got to this a second ago with the one mana spells you were talking about. So speaking about each sort of thing you do that's like a like a hallmark of magic gameplay i want to talk about the best version of each one that we are currently playing with in pioneer because i think that's a really interesting conversation um you mentioned already hand disruption we don't get uh inquisition of kozilek Mm -hmm. but we do get thoughtseize which is the premier spell so we have the best hand disruption spell ever printed i mean one man hand disruption spell ever printed available in this format that's a powerful place to start thoughtseize is about to catch all forever yep it was printed in theros so we do get that Takes their Felidar Guardian, Aetherworks, Marvel, whatever combo, yeah. as well as their Treasure Cruise, yeah. or, you know, it, get, it gets anything. Right. Secondly, what's the best one mana burn spell? Or just the best, like, cheap burn spell, period? Magma Jet got reprinted in Theros, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Magma the best Ray. one is is just Wild Slash because it's one mana. Yeah. I think a lot of the red decks... Right? 
No, wild slash is shock with upside. Oh, sure. It's that, that the ferocious shock. Yeah. One man ferocious shock. Yeah. Uh, it's not a big upside, but it's like why play shock when you could be playing wild slash. I, th- I think wild slash and shock are going to see a lot of play. Uh, maybe lightning strike. Maybe. But skewer. it's because. Yeah, skewer probably as well. I think that those triggering prowess, like I think the red decks are going to be leaning on Monastery Swift Spear and Soul Scar Mage a lot more um, in and this. Eidolon. And Eidolon of the Great Revel, obviously. Yeah, that's one of the better burn cards that's in in the format. But but I think as they're one drops, because as a burn deck, you need one drops. You you really need one drops. Yeah, and definitely. I think like with no Goblin Guide and especially all of the one drop burn spells being gone pretty much. I mean, you have no Lava Spike, no Lightning Bolt, no Rift Bolt. You don't even have Shard Volley. Um so you don't have any one mana three damages except for Wizards Lightning if you're playing Wizards, which mm. you got to get a little creative because Monastery Swift Spear and it's Young Pyromancer are both not Wizards. Yep. <laughs> and um, and uh, Soul Scar Mage is a Wizard, though. But you're going to need more than just Soul Scar Mage. So Wizards Lightning, and then you have Skewer the Critics. But that doesn't trigger Prowess. So if you're leaning on these one-drop Prowess creatures, you still play Skewer, but it's a little awkward because you have to play it post-combat. You're not getting, like, the four-damage burn spell, right? right? So right. at that point, like, Shock is a four-mana burn spell. and Or four-damage burn spell because... Or a three, because you're getting in for one with your Monastery Swift Spear off the Prowess and the two damage to the face. Yeah, right. And if you have two Monastery Swift Spears or a Monastery Swift Spear and a Soul Scar Mage, yeah. now you're getting in for actual four with the Shock, where that Skewer would have only been three. Feels like Shock is the more like the most likely of those to me. It just seems like the simplest and the easiest to fit into those decks. That's not. Oh yeah, that and Wild Slash being basically identical. Yeah. So then I would think. So then I would think, okay, if the, if that's the best burn spell, what about something like um, just if you're talking about a mono red deck that's just trying to ditch lands to get more spells? What about something like a Magmatic Insight? Like, uh, was that one mana discard a land? Yeah. So I've I've to? seen some of that in Treasure Cruise decks because you want to stock your graveyard um, and you want to be playing cheap spells to like flip your thing in the ice or bring back your phoenix or something to flash back with your dreadhorde arcanist and i've seen some magmatic insight there i think in burn decks you would rather not spend your mana spinning your wheels makes sense yeah it's it's a little slow so So one thing that's interesting actually about the format that i think is not easy to pick up at first glance but i've looked at a lot of deck lists um and it's actually much easier, especially if you want to be a fast deck, to play enemy color pairs versus allied color pairs because we don't have full cycles of lands in Pioneer. So for fast lands, so let's say you're a burn deck. You want to go fast, right? And you might look at burn decks that have been good in previous standards and then look to augment them because the modern burn deck is just losing so much. So you get to play Inspiring Vantage and like right, right. So you, so you might look at like Atarka Red, which was like a big deck used to become immense in Team or Battle Rage and uh, Atarka's Command to go wide with Goblin Tokens and then use Atarka's command to put pressure on that axis. If your opponent is tapped out, you can go for this one hit kill combo. Now you get to play that deck with all these incredibly powerful cards, you know, monastery. Well, you got to play Monastery Swiss Spear, but you can play Young Pyromancer to go wide. You can play um Eidolon of the Great Revel. You can play Skewer the Critics. You can play, you could you get a lot of options. Zergo Bell Striker. Yeah. Well, you could play that in that sure. deck as well. But I actually played that deck at a GP and hated it because I don't like playing burn decks, but (laughs) somebody told me it was what I should play having no experience with the format and I wanted to go to the GP and I got screwed. But anyway, uh, the reason that that deck is like oddly much worse is because the mana is atrocious. You get to play four stomping ground. You can play four rootbound crag, which is a little awkward because you're light on lands. If you have an opening hand that's like two rootbound crag and nothing else, that's unkeepable. Or you're like mole to six that's got one land that's a rootbound crag. Yeah, it's just, it's terrible. And so... So, like, you can play Game Trail, for example, uh, which is, like, the same situation as Rootbound Crag, where if you have a hand with two Game Trails or a Game Trail and Rootbound Crag, you're just, you're really sad. Screwed, yeah. And so, um, so you don't get to play, 
you don't get to play the allied pain lands. There are no allied pain lands. Yeah, that's the really interesting thing. Is Carpolison because... Forest is not legal and Copperline Gorge is not legal. Yeah, but now are... if you're playing Boros for like Boros Charm and maybe some red white creatures, I've seen some really interesting looking knights lists that are playing yeah. um, the new red white knight better. lord. Yeah, and some some knight one drops. Um, those decks get to play four Inspiring Vantage, four Battlefield Forge, four Sacred Foundry. Yeah, that's so their really mana good. is insane. Yeah, they're yeah. they're basically a modern deck at that point. I mean, they might as well be playing sh- fetches and shocks. <laughs> and mana confluence also seems like a good yeah. You can you play mana there. confluence in yeah. the Atarka Red deck for sure, but you know it's definitely worse than a lot of your other options, especially if you're playing an enemy card. And if deck. you're trying to max out your mana, then like tapping each turn with that. I mean, again, it's like your life total is interesting in this format in a different way because without fetches and shocks. You're not going to be starting at 17 every single game, which is like with so many decks in modern. You also can't fetch for basics. So sometimes, like if especially if you're a three color deck, you're going to be like watery grave untapped to Thoughtseize. And then you're going to be like breeding pool untapped to play my Sylvan Caryatid. And then you're going to be like, you know, uh, another breeding pool untapped to play my four drop or whatever. Right. To play my. Yeah. I don't know what a four drop in this Sultai deck that I just made up is. (laughs) But, you know, more of your lands are shock lands, whereas in modern, you're only playing like three shock lands in your deck or four shock lands in your deck. And so you're like turn one fetch for basic swamp to thought seize you because turn two I can fetch for breeding pool untapped and play Karyatid. And so you're like kind of taking less damage but kind of taking more damage because you have to lean on these shocks so much harder so then other it's okay if you don't have breeding if you don't have uh so we talked about burn hand disruption what about counter spells what are what's the counter spell you they're terrible there's no was, good two mana i was literally ones. trying to think about it and i was like all those crappy two mana ones that came from like theros and like those sets where it's like equal your devotion or like we have we have quench you can play you can play bad you can play quench bad rune snag <laughs> you can play you can play quench uh, you could play quench. the problem with quench is I think that like in controlling decks two mana is just too easy for your opponent to pl- to pay if you're yeah. planning for the game to go long in the same way that like mana leak is almost not good in modern right. it like right. is good enough that you'll play one or two but it can't really be the main counter spell you lean on a lot of the time um, you're playing like logic knot or you know something like that I will say drown in the lock is interesting yeah drown the lock your opponent doesn't stock their graveyard as much but it is a two mana counter spell that like can get the job done against a lot of these combo decks that are like yeah turning through cards i agree hey marshall i think i'm seeing on the ipad here that's in front of us that says low battery i just want to make sure that it's plugged in so we don't lose the stream midstream you can just make sure be, uh... am i correct or is that something else my eyesight's not uh not so it said low battery um so yeah counterspell that's the, like like that seems what, what about the one from uh what about the one from dragons or concentrate here that if you had a dragon you could reveal a so Silumgar's scorn is legal i think uh esper dragons with ojutai and Silumgar um seems could come like a, back seems like a thing somebody in here just said ojitai's command um it's four mana yeah it does an okay cryptic command impression i do love ojitai's command that's like one of my favorite so cards. i think that um especially with delve spells still legal in the format yeah namely treasure cruise and dig through time but also grimmeg angler and tasiger i think that um jace vrin's prodigy is going to be really important yeah. in the format card and ojitai's really command can bring back jace vrin's prodigy yeah I agree. Excuse me. Especially with no Snapcaster um, and like Thoughtseize being the best form of like cheap disruption uh, as opposed to Counterspells. Because Jace Friend's Prodigy doesn't play that well with Counterspells, especially compared to Snapcaster, because yeah. he, he can't do anything instant speed. So if you're playing a bunch of Counterspells, you have a bunch of Counterspells in your graveyard, you flip your Jace Friend's Prodigy. Doesn't really do anything. He's a far more yeah. He's a he's a, he's a far. So he's more, better at flashing back a thought sees. He's a proactive card. He's not a reactive yes, card. Yes, or yet. a fatal push or something. And so and he stocks your graveyard so you can treasure cruise. Um, he also like, you know, is a cheap 
like source of card advantage. Um, he also is a legendary creature, mm. which I think that there is going to be a Kethys deck in yeah, this format, right, similar right. to the standard deck that we recently saw with Mox Ambers and stuff. You get to play Emery, and he's a legendary creature that stalks your graveyard, so I think he's relevant on that axis as well. Um, I think Jace Friends Prodigy is going to be big. And then if you are not looking to play a creature, if you don't care that Jace is a creature, um, you can also play Search for His Kanta. It does a very good Jace Friends Prodigy impression. Yeah. Um, at stalking your graveyard, but it's like more, you know, passive, but also doesn't draw um, removal as well. So, so all right, guys, we're at, we're at 50 minutes here. Um, I want to take Q&A for the next 10 to 15 minutes. We haven't done one of these in a while, so I would say just kind of ask anything that you guys want to ask about the format, about the podcast, move forward, the brand, whatever you want. Um, we don't traditionally like do it here, really. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show. Super Chat is something you can do on YouTube where you're basically donating. Uh, there's a little like dollar button here you can see down at the bottom of the chat if you have a question that you definitely want answered uh, it'll highlight it in like a color so we'll see it over the other comments but we're going to try to just read a bunch of comments yeah we're going to answer a bunch of questions but if you want a a 100 chance of your question getting answered it's a really great way to support the show and it's it's one of the major ways to uh to kind of grow your ability to invest in your show which currently you know we uh we don't do a lot of so it's very helpful if you want to do that patreon yeah patreon is the other one and uh the last last time i asked this we got 50 more likes on the video so one more time i'm just going to plug it guys we've got 173 watching there are 116 thumbs ups can we just get to 173 what do you think what are the chances i would love you guys if you wanted to do it all right please hit the thumbs up button i'll love you guys forever let's get into these uh, questions and see what people want to know all right uh somebody asked nico asks field of ruin as a fetch for basics uh the card is sweet obviously we've seen a tremendous amount of field of ruin played in modern and in standard it was a card it's a powerful card it's a really good card yeah i mean on one hand it's like not as necessary because you're there's no tron there's no right like, right there's no amulet titan or any of these decks that are like really leaning on lands it, it will hose field the dead, field decks the dead. if those exist say, they're yeah. definitely gonna exist. i mean come on in standard yeah, it just got sure. banned last week <laughs> well yes this, this format is going to be more powerful than standard but yes i think that there will be some kind of like golos ramp field of the dead scape shift situation going on i also think green devotion is going to be a big player especially yeah. because of the existence of eight uh one mana elves sure. um but I guess Field of Ruin isn't super good against them. But yeah, Field of Ruin is going to be good. It's also good for like, yeah, it's good for triggering Revolt. It's good for like in a three color deck, a little bit of fixing, but it also does tap for colorless. So you don't want to play too many. It's good for triggering Landfall on your Tireless Tracker. Yeah, Tracker is going to be a big card. That card's gotten bigger in Modern too recently. That card's Yeah, well, it's worse with no fetches. Yeah, But it, sure. it is going to be a big player. I think that like Black Green Rock is such an easy starting point for the format because you have Thought Season Fatal Push as one mana interaction and nobody's no other color just basically gets to keep their modern one mana interaction suite as like Black does. It's true, and, and their mana's really good. And it feels, like, it feels like also they get to pick up a lot of cards which are going to shine more in this limited uh card pool like their abrupt decays get better yes and uh yes yeah they get to keep like abrupt decay thought sees fatal push which i don't think any other color combo gets to keep their like disruption suite intact like that i mean right. they lose inquisition of kozilek but like fine and they're enemies so they get land war waste and blooming marsh that's what i was just saying well the man is really more good. i think more importantly even than those two cards they also get access to hissing quagmire because the enemy creature lands are also in pioneer and we do True. not get the allied creature lands so you don't get a raging ravine but you do get a hissing Quagmire. correct so like you don't need you know jund was playing is playing like red for like blood red elf lightning bolt raging ravine well t- whatever yeah right <laughs> who wants those so i've actually seen a lot of sultai lists online okay. because you get access to oko 
Um, and maybe like you're, you know, a little bit of delve, perhaps you get access to thought erasure as like your kind of inquisition six, fifth and sixth thought sees slot. I mean, prior to, uh, war of the spark and horizons, you had seen a lot of just good black green decks. Uh, you know, obviously things changed a little bit when you started to get introduced to all these new powerful cards and color combinations. I mean, Sultai was just not a thing at all in modern until, recently but like for a long time those black green decks that would lean on like several ghost quarters and they were just very consistent were really good yeah and you can probably see a version of that deck existing in this totally format. you lose termagoy but you get grim flare yeah um you also have death right shaman i think it'll be very interesting to see where death right shaman shakes out in the format like it's obviously not a one mana mana dork that just like immediately ramps you on the first turn of the game the right. way it was in other formats so it's kind of more of like a slow role player, the way that people say that like Deathrite Shaman is the best Planeswalker ever printed. Right. Like it does that more where it like generates advantage over a long game and also disrupts your opponent if they're playing like Treasure Cruise. You're just eating a card out of their graveyard every turn to like put them off Treasure Cruise. Yeah. You can like, you know, make their Jace Friends Prodigy much worse by eating that stuff. I think that there's going to be a very powerful dredge deck, uh, not including the Kethis deck that I think is going to be good, and yep. definitely an Emery deck that may or may not include Kethis is going to be very good. But I also think that there's like a dredge deck with like prized amalgam. Uh, the best list I saw was actually playing the, or in my opinion, yeah, was playing the um, the. Let me let me see if I can bring up the list. Uh, well, you pull that up. I want to make sure we get to a handful of these. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw a few out there. We can do quick answers on. Yeah, for um, sure. Any chance history banalia is playable? I think that card's extremely powerful. Uh, I think definitely there's gonna probably be a knights deck that seems like a thing. Yeah, with um, the Aldrain knights and history banalia. I think that's really good. Um, that was asked by and red white is an easy color combo to play. Jason B asked that one. Um, all right, so let's ask him others. Is I have Ugin legal? It is most certainly not. Asks Philip Holman. Uh, we have tabletop gamer ninety nine because Watsy won't do that. Oh no, that's a response to someone else. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Someone asks, do you think Coco Goblins could be a thing between Grum Gully War Chief? some of the others like uh so i do think that Scarf goblins prospector. is going to be a good deck we have access to goblin ringleader goblin war chief expert prospector goblin rabble master um a legion legion, legion war legion war boss if you're interested in that we do have legion loyalist we have um like reckless bushwhacker didn't goblin grenade no cranko like it's weird... like m12 there's no goblin new really? cranko. there's new cranko okay. but there no. is new cranko yeah i mean i think there's a, a good number of goblins for a goblin shell but again i think an aggro deck that's red green is just a little rough on the mana and i don't know if coco and grumgully are going to be worth it especially with goblin ringleader in the format goblin ringleader is like better than collected company it's Very like powerful, yeah. one of the better card draw spells that gets played like in legacy on like raw cards obviously they play it on turn one with goblin lackey so it's a little busted there or so we have that is that is the uh phone alerts of michael's phone it is yep. zelda um all right other things to ask here um let's see here oh so these this dredge deck uh so yeah so you got like Seder wayfinder stitcher supplier to stock the graveyard and emery uh and then you have like uh Prized Amalgam, Creeping Chill, Haunted Dead, uh, and then to bring back the uh, Prized Amalgam, you've got Cauldron Familiar Witch's Oven, which you can cast the Witch's Oven out of your graveyard with Emery. You've got Scrap Heap Scrounger, Scrounger which you can also cast with Emery, or uh, it just brings itself back for Prized Amalgam, Haunted Dead, brings itself back. You have Desecrated Tomb, uh, which is the artifact. Whenever a creature leaves your graveyard, you make so a one-one. Sweet. You can cast that out of your graveyard with Emery. With Scrap Heap Scrounger, you exile a creature card and bring it back. You get two bats. Wow. And then with the Cauldron Cat, you're just getting a bat every turn. That's really um, powerful, yeah. 
Yeah, and Prize Amalgam brings gets you a bat. Haunted Dead gets you an extra bat. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think this is like one of the sweeter uh, lists that I've seen. So I do think that there's going to be a dredge deck. Maybe it's not as cute as Desecrated Tomb, but I think, um, yeah, there's going to be a dredge deck for sure, and Deathrite's going to hate on that as well. So I do think it's a good long-term card advantage engine, and it'll be see it'll be interesting to see how good it, exactly it is at that. I see a Tuka Ekonin asks with no Snapcaster, maybe Mission Briefing has a chance to show up somewhere. I definitely think so. That I agree. Card's really good. That card was really good, but like the second you first ever played it, even like a pre-release, it was good. So I think it's it's an instant. It's blue. I agree with that. Two. I will say that like the instants you have access to to flashback are worse, which is one thing that like makes it worse. Where like Snapcaster, you you have like a lot of cheap interaction to flashback in this format, a little bit less. But I think that like people are going to be looking to flashback stuff in instant speed. I think Mission Briefing has a chance for sure. I think Mission Briefing probably the Phoenix deck we talked about is a that's a real thing. Maybe do you, yeah, do you mean, think so they, they they're generally looking for sorcery speed stuff? I think like Finale of Promise. I mean, but even that just, it costs two. You can put two cards into your graveyard true. with it. It's an instant, so cast it counts as a spell. It'll feel, in theory, the treasure cruiser playing alongside it. Yeah, that's true. Surveil, just put the two cards in my graveyard, no matter what they are, right, is like, yeah. it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. Mission Flash Briefing back is... the treasure cruiser you put into your graveyard with it. I think Mission Briefing has a lot of potential, especially with Dig and Cruise in the format. Right. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about... Um, if a uh, Demir control deck that is based a, a lot around surveil, like the uh, the disinformation campaign decks that were a thing, because you you get to now combine surveil with delve, and they obviously feed on one another, plus drown in the lock, uh, and um, and so it just seems like, and then you also get to combine with the fatal push and um, thought seize on on ones yeah it feels maybe like so i mean drown in the lock definitely gets better when you're playing fatal push and thought because you start putting stuff in your opponent's graveyard starting from turn one right so right i agree totally um let's see here uh, alessandro rosales says how fast do you think this format will be will it be a turn five plus it's interesting uh, alex kessler the co-host uh, creator of this show was tweeting yesterday about this and he was saying here's a list of some of the pound for pound most powerful five drops in the format i think anticipating that it will be probably a turn slower than modern was intended to be though it's not a turn four format at all anymore um well at its at its base like the sahili felidar combo goes off on turn three or four like you more consistently turn four um you have like aetherworks marvel basically destroying two of your lands with ulamog or taking your turn with emrakul on turn four i think right now with the ban list as is like burn is looking very strong uh and like blue red treasure cruise decks i think are looking very strong either with or without phoenix i think right now it's kind of looking to me like a turn four or five format i think there will be bans uh most of the cards i just mentioned i think are getting banned i think treasure cruise is getting banned i think either sahili or felidar is getting banned and i think we didn't really touch on aetherworks marvel but i think it's probably getting banned (laughs) that's like i think where marvel is interesting because it was so powerful in standard powerful enough that even just the exact in block synergies with energy provided it needed to be banned what kind of support, because it's obviously not in energy cards because they only existed in that one time period, but what kind of support beyond that set do you get to push the power level of that deck high enough? I think it's like accelerance and consistency. Yeah. Okay, like so. all the energy cards are the same, but you get to play with like Gilded Goose Oko base, or maybe you're playing with like Sylvan Karyatid because you need to hit it on sure. turn four and you value the hexproof. Paradise Druid is another hexproof two mana creature that makes mana. I mean, uh, you you get to play like once upon a time to help kind of like smooth out your draws. It can't find the Marvel, but it can find a dork. It can find the lands you need to cast stuff because you're probably playing. Well, in standard, they were playing teamer. They're probably still playing 
blue green at least. Here's a question I have for you. So I saw um, with the the results from the Mythic Championship. Yeah. Um, you know, once upon a time was was pretty good. People played a lot of that card, and I think we all knew. Like, well, you know, Forest was the most card played card at Mythic Championship. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of Oko, a lot of a lot of uh, Once Upon a Time. But I was thinking with Once Upon a Time, like. It's a novelty, and in testing, obviously, shows it's nice to be able to play, like, the free spell early. But is that something where, like, once people get used to playing with it, you think the format would maybe warp around it and make it less good? Or do you think it's just pound for pound going to be good, period, forever? I think it's pound for pound going to be good forever, especially in this format where you don't have as much one-mana card selection. Like, you don't have Serum Visions. You don't have Ancient Stirrings. So I think just, like... Being able to smooth out your draws in that way on turn one and also play a one drop is just so powerful. And honestly, I think it's going to see more play in Pioneer because of the absence of like ancient stirrings and serum visions than it would even yeah. in in modern. Um, all right. So, guys, we've been live for an hour. So we're going to do, I think, five more minutes of questions here. I'm really sorry if you posted a question we didn't get to. We're trying to hit as many as we can. I'm very long winded. I apologize. Question askers. Yeah, no, no worries there. Ryan Welker asks. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I see a super chat just popped up here. It says, uh, Bobby Mayo asks, can you mention the price points for the sets in this format again? Well, it's changed because of the announcement. Yeah. But before this format, a lot of the boxes of these sets were around 100 bucks. I used to work at a shop. We would run flashback drafts um, of like Return to Ravnica, Cons of Tarkir, and it was like 100 bucks for a box. Yeah, and I think that that's, I, I think, I mean, things will spike for sure. But they're not going to spike that much. There's there's not enough stuff that's legal in this format right now that's crazy expensive that you can expect the format to like really jump. Like a yeah, lot. Yeah, you're not going to see like hundred dollar mox opals, hundred dollar scalding tarns. No, because a lot $100 of hundred dollar lily snapcasters. Like there's all your fetch lands are gone, right? So that's that's right there that knocks a huge chunk of the percentage of the cost of modern right off the top. Then you start mentioning those other cards: lily, snapcaster, mox opal, uh, tarmogoyf, karn. Like yeah, tarmogoyf. Like these are all cards that are like a hundred to two hundred dollars in some cases. None of those are legal. So, uh, you know, <sighs> no Tron. I just remember there's no Tron. In yeah, the yeah there's no Tron. Green Devotion is the Tron, though. Yeah. So Nykthos. Nykthos is going to spike. Oh, you're going to have to hit that with your Field of Ruin for sure. I think Nykthos is like pretty real deck is really strong in the format. How I don't could... know if it's ban worthy. It remains to be seen. But I've some of the De- Green Devotion lists are looking nasty. Just put Ulamogs on How you. How about quick. Mono Black Devotion? Pack Rat? Well, I think Anyone? especially with... I think a, with the Thoughtseize Fatal Push base, you might be able to make it work. You could access yeah. the Ayara uh, Queen of Lockthwain. I forgot yeah. you get to play... And you can play, you can play some Sir Conrad. Sir, so there's like some Sir Conrad lists I've seen Ooh, for well, Pioneer like about Conrad. like... I hope that that's Like playable. what sort of... Like what sort of like self-milling that you can actualize and then yeah. nuke your own graveyard. See another super um, shot here from Benoit... Uh, Gagnon with the $2 super chat. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Benoit Gagnon. I'd like to apologize to Benoit Gagnon <laughs> for the Americanization oh of their name. Benoit Gagnon. Fine. We got uh, there. Benoit Gagnon. Yeah, I'll pray for about five minutes for that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't pray. I don't have that accent. Um, what, uh, what are you most looking forward to, asks Benoit Gagnon. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I think that there are like a lot of cool cards like claim fame for ben uh that are do not quite make it in modern and i'm really hoping that we get to see those cards shine in in pioneer turn wrapping has vexing devil i'm not mistaken right no it's an absent restored ah damn it <laughs> no vexing devil i was seeing that was seeing you'll have to two, work a little harder than that points and i was like that's that'd be awesome yeah you'll have to work a little bit harder than that yeah okay so i think thing yeah yeah like you said i'm looking forward to a few things like um I think the thing I'm probably the most looking forward to is that when new standard sets now come out and they're pushing a theme in a new standard set that I think is really cool and going to be exciting for standard, 
it means that if it's something that hasn't been supported in a long time, I don't need to see super busted Eternal cards printed or just another iteration to have enough redundancy to push it. Something like Knights, we only have like two sets worth of support here. Really one strong set, but two sets of support. Three, I guess. Um, is going to be a real deck. I believe that I deck's going to so. be a real competitive I'm deck. Also, I'm also like, I think that because the format's a little bit slower, you get to do like sweet big value plays, like particularly yeah. post bans. You get to do like sweet big value plays. Like uh, I've seen some some deck lists with Risen Reef and Master of Waves combo in it because Master of Waves <laughs> makes an elemental for your devotion to blue. Ooh, that's so insane. like a mono blue devotion splashing Risen Reef or even like a dedicated elementals deck that just plays Master of Waves. I mean, it just seems like that doesn't quite make it in modern, but I would be like really down to play that in Pioneer. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting because there's just like a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that like you'll see pop up in a daily that you think is really cool in modern or you'll yeah. see an FNM and you're like, somebody gets excited. They're like, I've been three oh. my FNM with this. And you're like, it's such a bummer for us when somebody will like post that and you'll, and you'll see it on Twitter and you'll be like, I want to only say positive things about your list, except really at this point I've been so conditioned. I have to just tell you these 12 cards are all bad. Replace them with these extremely expensive cards and your deck will be better. And like, what a bummer that is to have to say to people. Cause you realize that the power level of modern just is what it is. This format will allow for those decks to be a little bit more reasonable. Okay, I said Risen Reef Master Waves. I take it back. Wilderness Reclamation is the card I'm most excited to play okay, with in this okay. format. I think it's a little bit slow for Modern with all these, like, you know, powerful, cheap interaction. It's just, like, turn four, I tap out for this dumb enchantment, and they're like, whatever, Mana Leak or Remand or something, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm dying. Or I'm just dead on turn four, right? I tap right. out for it, and they kill me. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Wilderness Reclamation is a sweet card with the, like, you know, float your mana during your end step, and then untap, and then, like, like play a big X spell like Expansion Explosion or Sphinx's Rev or something. I think that's the thing I'm most excited to do in Pioneer personally because I think that like if my opponent is holding up like a three mana counter spell, I can be like developing or ramping or, you know, building up my defenses with Teferi or something. Give myself a little bit of time that I, I don't have in Modern. Yeah, it, yeah, a Bant colored Wilderness Reclamation deck with like three fairy and Sphinx's Rev and Wilderness Wreck all seem like being able to have three fairy allow you to be casting on. Yeah, your it's really turn. hard for me to like cut red for white in a deck. I'm yeah. not a big fan of white, but like maybe fairy is worth it. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to work on a Wilderness Reclamation list, but I think that's the thing I'm most excited to do. So I want to get to I want to do five last questions and then we'll yep. get out of here. Yep. Um, so, guys, thank you all for watching. If you have a question that is just burning that you need to see answered, throw it in the chat here. We'll try to we'll pick five last ones. And again, if anybody super chats, we'll knock those out first before we get to those last five questions. I had a question that I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. and it was just about so modern at its inception, people tried out control decks. Yep. And then control decks weren't viable because the format was so varied and you ended up with these like mid-range decks like Jund that became kind of like the control of the format. I mean, they weren't totally and people would play blue-white. Yeah, Thought Seeds doesn't care about what your opponent is playing, right? <laughs> but it took five years or something like that. Like, yeah, like five, six years until control decks became proper. Like two years ago, two and a half years ago, blue-white started to come on the scene. And there was Jeskai, I think, before that. But. but I would I would even say that those Jeskai decks, like the Jeskai Flash decks, the Geist decks, or even just like the Burn decks, they never felt as hard control as what sure. you're talking about, which is like a deck that's... I mean, like the blue-eyed decks are just straight control decks now. All these, like, they pay like five Planeswalkers and everything is like super, super reactive and varied. They look like traditional controllists. So... Do you think that this format starts out with control as a major player? Or do you think it'll be similar to modern at its inception where it's yes. too varied? I think that like yeah. the existence of 
three minutes, fairy, five minutes, a fairy, supreme verdict, Sphinx's revelation is enough that people are definitely going to try it. The fact that the counter spells are pretty weak and the removal spells tend to start at three mana, I think is maybe a little bit dicey for like strictly yeah. blue white. Maybe Esper with like some Thoughtseize, Jace Vrin's Prodigy or, you know, Search for His Kanta or, you know, some some of that like early early uh, discard in out of Esper might well, do the trick. Uh, yeah. But I think the counter spells are a little slow. It's going to be rough, but I think people are going to try it for sure because like Supreme Verdict is very powerful in this format, I think. Being a little bit slower um, and being uncounterable, just like blow up all your guys, nothing you can do about it is going to be powerful, especially against like some of these strategies we're talking about, like green devotion, black devotion, knights, um, you know, goblins, like Supreme Verdict is just going to blast all these decks. And well, if you are a deck that can maximize Supreme Verdict, I think there's value there for sure. Every single standard format has a control deck, basically, without fail. Like it's designed pretty much standard. Yeah. So you can pretty much assume, I, I think Marshall's point about all the things you listed with the Planeswalkers other than, you know, the two copies you're probably playing of Mind Sculptor and your blue white control deck in modern, all those planeswalkers are gonna be legal in this format. They're all yeah, Narset. recently. So yeah. they all those are a lot of the things that tip the scales in favor of the blue white control decks being so good that I think will be really, really important. Um, so, guys, I'm just going to pick five here because it looks like we're uh, we're not doing the uh, Super Chat thing. Ryan Welker asks, what do you think will be the future of this podcast? I think it's an interesting question. This, this is a, a joke title. We are not changing. We love modern. We're the modern show. Like um, Wizards of the Coast, we are not abandoning modern. Yeah, definitely not. When um, modern we, Horizons just got printed, if anybody is wondering if Wizards is going to abandon modern, uh, I don't know why they would spend that much time and effort to make modern horizons and then be like just kidding we're done with modern <laughs> i think that did really well too I think yeah really liked yeah it. i'm sure it did um so we definitely are not abandoning modern at all in fact uh we are having a creative meeting literally after this show to talk about some of the expansion ideas we have for the brand for masters of modern for some of the things that we're excited to do and uh there will probably be more content coming some will be about modern some will be about other stuff but the main show and our main focus of the show is going to continue on exactly as is we may start streaming live more often I think we'd like Pioneer to has a lot of novelty for brewers like us because yeah. it's new. But once it's not new and the dust settles, uh, modern's our format for sure. 100%. All right. Uh, number two, we're going to read uh, Random Dog Dog asks Cat Tribal. We get another cat each set or so. I think the lords in Cat Tribal are a little weak compared to, say, goblins, knights, elves, zombies, anything yeah, else. I, I think agree. we would need them to be pushed a little bit. But yeah, I mean, cats are a popular tribe and they keep getting a little bit of support here, a little bit of support there. I think the Doran Pouncer is a sweet card. I, I think card. cats have have a have a future in Pioneer, perhaps not modern. I think like the five mana cat lord. Yeah. You know, what I'm talking about the one that gives him plus one plus one in lifelink. Yes. Yeah. I think that's just like a little bit slow compared to like Merfolk having a two mana lord and goblins having like three mana lords and They all get metallic you you get you get metallic mimic in all of them, right? But you, you don't get adaptive mimic. automaton, I'm pretty sure. I feel like that's not mm, I think the adaptive automaton is too old. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, notably, also, Dovin's Veto is legal. In yes. Oh, yeah. Dovin's Veto and Negate are both legal. I've actually seen some blue-white playing Essence Scatter because of the lack of one mana or one or two mana interaction. Like, even two mana interaction in blue-white is pretty light. You get, like, Blessed Alliance. And yeah. Judge is familiar. Yeah. I mean, that's a different deck, right? I, I have seen Spirits decks, uh, actually, quite a few playing Mausoleum Wander and Spell Queller. Well, they've printed a lot of really good Spirits. Um, all right. We're and Supreme ask. Phantoms legal yeah. as well. And um, okay. Yeah, Spirits actually is like a modern tribal You can put Coco in there, too, if you want. Yeah. yeah. Spirits is a modern tribal that 
that gets most of its cards ported over yeah. into Pioneer. Yep. But blue-white and green-white are not color combos that you get much support for, so you end up just having to play the blue-green lands as your base, which is fine. No, I mean, you, you can, you can like, more reasonably play Glacial Fortress and Spirits, probably. You're not as reliant on curving out as you would be in, like, a super and aggro red deck. do you need to play green if you're... You don't need to. You can just play blue-white. You can play green if you want access to Coco, which is very powerful, but... You don't need it. You can also, with Oko, you can turn your spell queller into an elk and they can never get their card back. Is it possible Oko just gets banned in the format? It it's seems- possible. People yeah. are calling for it to be banned in standard even. Yeah. Pretty fresh. <laughs> yeah. I've been seeing so many memes about what format on Arena with Oko do you want to play? It's Oko Arena. <laughs> um, all right. A couple last ones, guys. Uh, somebody's asking here. Jack Pavich asks, uh, what are your thoughts on safe decks that are tier one, two that aren't going to be banned? Where do you think you can go if you want to play something that's just generally good? Don't have to worry about your cards. Mono red. Just there's no, there's no card mono red that you think will get banned. I think there could be cards in mono red that gets banned, but I think there will always be a red based aggro deck that's good. I think it. I think mono red is very safe if you want to splash Boros Charm or even Atarka's Command. I think you're fine. I I listed earlier why I think Atarka's Command is a little awkward, and I think I would lean towards Boros Charm. But yeah, I mean. I think that there will always be a good mono red deck in the format, and I think it'll just be tweaks. It'll be tweaks to your creature base. You know, maybe Idol on the Great Revel gets banned, or maybe how good is Idol on the Great Revel in this format? It's Less insane. good, but still good, right? Yeah, Probably. I would think so. I think it's one of the one of the main reasons to want to play mono red. To be honest, rampaging Ferocidons like, is also in modern. Right? Rampaging Ferocidon and Idolon, especially because of these combo decks that I'm talking about, like they need to be playing card selection to find their pieces. They're like playing Oath of Nissa to find their Sahili. They're playing Sahili. Right. They've just taken four damage, and then your rampaging Ferocidon makes it so they die if they fell at our combo. You and then yeah, like the Aetherworks Marvel, they're playing like Woodweaver's Puzzle Knot. Take two, like yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like all these combo decks, like the Emery and Kethis combo decks that I think will exist with Mox Amber. They're like playing a bunch of stuff out of their graveyard yeah. and just like taking a billion damage. So and then Ferocidon does the same thing. Um, Jade Wheatley asks, what land cycle or series do you think will rise up to replace fetches? Temples, pain lands, check lands? That's a good question. Um, let's see. Of those ones, I would probably guess... I would probably guess the pain lands would be the first to rise up. Well, what I think is interesting is that those, those are all good in different types of decks. Like... That's you're not just defaulting to fetch shocks in this format. Like you have to think about your mana base and think about your deck's goals. Like some decks are going to want to be playing like straight, you know, pain lands or fast lands. And hopefully we get pain lands and fast lands in allied colors soon so that we don't have this weird disparity with fast decks, but or decks that want their mana untapped early. Um, but yeah, like some decks are going to want that. Some decks are going to be more interested in check lands. Like, you know, control decks that are looking for the game to go long don't want their fourth land to come in tapped or their fifth land even because they want to play Teferi or they want to be playing Sphinx's Revelation and like yeah, like Glacial Fortress seems like the check land most likely to see to jump totally and drown Catacomb. But like, there are going to be decks that would prefer to have you know Rootbound Crag. There's going to be decks that would prefer to have Copperline Gorge. There's right. going to be decks that would prefer to have you know maybe even the Battle for Zendikar or Cinderglade. What let me Who ask knows? let me but, ask you. So you have all of the second generation Eldrazi in this you know all in the, that's all in the Oath of the Gate yeah, Battle watch, for right? Zendikar. Battle for Zendikar. Uh, and so you you have uh, Thought Not Seer, and you have uh, Reality yeah, Smasher, Shaper. and you have Mattery Shaper, and you have the Blink Guy. You have the oh. Eldrazi Mimic, too. Yeah, Mimic. So I do wonder, you know, you you don't really have access. Like, what's your best fast mana land? Do we have anything that even does, like, an imitation? Like, anything that even gets you kind of close to Tron? Castle Garenbrig. 
Well, yeah, Castle Garenbrig and Nykthos are the two big ones, but those fit more into a Green Devotion deck than they would an Eldrazi deck. Can't really play Nykthos with Eldrazi. That doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, I, I think green ramp into Eldrazi, kind of like the classic standard Eldrazi decks that we've seen every time yeah. Eldrazi are legal, I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to be seeing like mono green, just like elf into elf into nykthos tap for a bunch of mana i've actually seen some leyline of abundance decks that are playing the eight elves it adds devotion as well um it adds two devotion on turn zero which like turbocharges your freaking nykthos like if you go turn one or turn zero leyline of abundance into turn one elf turn two nykthos you have how much mana right now elf taps for two you have three devotion so five you have like six mana on turn two or something i mean it's absurd yeah yeah, I mean, I think I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, Steven Nelson asks here, are you guys taking looks at deck lists from the chat? We aren't, actually. We're about to end the show here. We're just probably two minutes away. So one last time, guys, before you get out of here, please support us in any if way. If you have cool deck lists, we would love to take a look at them. Tweet at us. Go to our Discord. Uh, we have a Discord. We usually post it in the, in the description of our YouTube videos, hopefully including this one, if you stay tuned for a little bit. Um, we also, you can go to our Facebook group, Official Masters of Modern Facebook group. If you, you know, tag us in any of these places, we will yeah. find your deck list and I will comment on it for sure. Ben and Alex are a bit busier and not as good at using Discord Discord in <laughs> particular, but Facebook and Twitter, you could probably get some responses at Alex. He's on there pretty often. Yeah, he's pretty active. So yeah, you tweet those lists at us, you know, share them there. Uh, go to patreon.com slash the MMcast. It's financially it's the best way to help the show grow and support us obviously we have a producer over here you know we we love marshall he loves us um we pay our producer <laughs> so please help us continue to keep the show going uh and we want to keep growing it so check that out uh we'll we'll be on twitter all the time you guys can follow me at ben Bateman media i'm a dude r-d-u-d-a-r-d-d the at the mm cast is the show uh marshall where can the folks find you uh i am at marsh unfocused all right and uh, last time, guys, if you want to just hit that like button before you get out of here to even things out, do it. Helps us keep this video high in the standings. So people are going to find it. Um, we are going to be back next week. Lots of modern content. Really excited about it. I'm happy to be back. Thank you for uh, returning. I'm uh, going to be healthy soon. And Michael, thank you for hanging out and talking magic. Oh, today. yeah, for sure. Love to be on the show. All right, guys. See you soon. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.